Thank you for listening and subscribing to the Anchor Church podcast. It is our desire at the Anchor to provide a place for you to know God, find freedom, discover your God-given purpose, and ultimately make a difference in the world around you. Each week, the Anchor podcast features Sunday sermons. You can follow along in this podcast episode and read the sermon notes on our website by visiting theanchor.me. Now, let's get into the Word. All right, y'all ready for the Word today? Amen, amen. Listen, um, let me just start with saying this. Last Wednesday night in Cultivate, uh, for you guys that don't know what Cultivate is, Cultivate is our, is our discipleship experience that we have at the church. Uh, but on Wednesday night, we dove into a teaching that was entitled Life in the Spirit. Can somebody say Life in the Spirit? So listen, due to all the questions that we got and all the positive feedback we got, um, I, I just thought, man, it's probably be helpful if if we would uh, not only for those who were there, but also for you know people that weren't there, if we actually slow down a bit and we revisit some of the things, uh, the biblical truth that we talked about the other day. Because the truth is, uh, the other night, man, it was like a, it was like a water hydrant. It, it was we were going fast, okay. And so I, I'll say this: the Bible says in John ten ten. That Jesus came to give life and life more abundantly. So in other words, there's this spot in life that, that God has for us that's full. It's abundant. It's purposeful. And it's meaningful. But you know what? You can be saved and not walk in that. Okay? And so what I want to talk about today is really the key or, or the doorway. It's the thing that gives us access to the abundant life that Jesus has for us. And I will say this, uh, being very honest with you. You that are here that have, uh, I'll say this, long-standing issues, okay? In other words, there, there's mountains that you have not climbed. There's, there's uh, obstacles that you have not been able to get around. I'm telling you, it is connected to what we're talking about today. And if you can grab a hold of what we're talking about today, you will experience this thing that the Bible calls victory in your life, okay? So, so today and for the next few weeks, I'm going to lay a biblical foundation. We're, gonna, we're just really going to tap into the start today, and, and we'll, we'll get there over, and it's just going to take more than today, okay? So, so I'm not going to be as, um, you know, as many stories, as many um, illustrations. The truth is today we're going to go line upon line, precept upon precept, because if we can't find it in the Word, pack our bags and go home, right? So we got to get the Word in us. The Word has to come alive in us if we're going to walk into this, okay? Am I making sense? So, so everybody, do, do yourself a favor. About half the people have been ignoring me on this all day, and I'm trying not to get frustrated, all right? But, but it's this, please, please, if you do nothing else today, write the verses down, Okay, write the verses down and, and actually go back and study them later. So if you have a phone, if you have a piece of paper, if you, if you need something that's in the, I don't care, use the thing that's in the seat pocket in front of you. We'll buy more, okay? Just, just write down the scriptures and go look at them later, please, for your own self, okay? Because I'm trying to tell you, there's people in here today, if I could just shoot straight with you, you're living so below what God has for you, and the reason is, is because you don't have a hold of this. I don't mean that mean, that's just God-honest truth, okay? I love y'all, all right? Here we go, so let's go from the beginning. I personally believe that if we are going to enjoy uh, the life in the Spirit, then the first thing that you and I need to get a hold of, the first thing we need to understand is actually how we were made. 
We need to understand how we were made. And as we go through this, hopefully the light's going to come on and you'll see why you do some of the things that you do. But let's begin by looking at how God created us starting in Genesis 126. Do yourself a favor. Don't go, well, I've heard that. Hear it anew again in Jesus' name. Okay? Genesis 1, 26, 27 says this. Then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Now, obviously, when we read that, those two verses, the words image and the words likeness pop off the page at us, and rightfully so. But the words that I want us to see today are the words us and our, because if we don't understand us and our, we'll never understand the key to our design. Okay, So you see, the words us and our point to this incredible biblical truth that while God is one, there are still three unique persons, distinct persons persons in the Godhead. Now the Bible teaches this, that, that that Godhead is made up of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And we typically refer to those three uh, in basic Christianity as the Trinity or as the triune or the three-part being of God. Don't check out on me, okay? Listen, for example, we see all three persons of the Godhead in action at Jesus' baptism. Where is it found? It's found in Matthew chapter 3. Here's what we see. We see Jesus, who is the Son of God, right, coming up out of the water. So he's ascending out of the water. We see the Holy Spirit descending from heaven like a dove. And we hear the Father, God the Father, say, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. Let me give you two other examples. We read in Acts chapter 10, verse 38. It says, And how God, who's he talking about? God the Father, anointed Jesus of Nazareth. With the Holy Spirit and with power who went about doing good and healing all who were pressed by the devil. For God the Father was with him. Let me give you one for a bonus. Matthew 28, 19. This is where Jesus told his disciples to go therefore and make disciples. Baptize them of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. So once again, just as we saw in Matthew 3 and Acts 10, we see each person of the Trinity being distinctly identified. So what's the question? Here's the question, guys. Is if God is a three-part being, right? And if we were created in his image, in his likeness, then wouldn't it make sense that you and I are also created to be a three-part being? The answer is a thousand percent yes, okay? But to be clear, unlike God, uh, we do not consist of three distinct personalities or persons. Okay, y'all listen to me. If you got somebody named Sally and somebody named Bill and somebody named Chuck inside of you, uh, we'll pray for you and get you delivered after today's service, okay? So you are not three distinct persons, but you do have three distinct parts. You hear me? The Apostle Paul not only affirms this, but he identifies those three parts for us in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23. Write it down, please. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23. Here's what he said. He said, may the God who gives us peace make you holy in every way and keep your whole being. What is your whole being? He says, it is your spirit, it is your soul, and it is your body. Free from every fault at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So as you can see in this passage, 
Paul identifies each part of our three-part being as what? Spirit, soul, and a body. And if I can give it to you, a lot of theologians say it this way, and hopefully it will help us understand. But here's, here's the reality of it. Okay, and We'll throw up the next slide. That you and I, we are a spirit. We possess or we have a soul. And we live in a physical body. Please grab a hold of this. That we are a spirit. We possess or have a soul. And we live in a physical body. Listen, I was a, a born-again Christian for years before I heard this. And I'll tell you, as much as I tried and I was going after God, man, there was so much in my walk with God I was missing because I didn't understand this. Let, let me say this. One of, our, one of our number one problems as humans is this, is we lack self-awareness. True? We lack self-awareness, and not only in the physical realm, but we also lack spiritual awareness in the spirit realm. And I tell you what, man, we need to get some awareness if we want to move forward in God. Amen? Amen? So, so listen, if this is new to you like it was for me years ago, let me give you a brief uh, overview of our three parts, okay? And I'm going to start with the first one because it's the most obvious. When I look out in the room today, the first thing I see is as I see your body. Okay, what is our body? It's the part of us has contact with this natural world. Now, how do we contact this natural world? It's through our five senses, right? It's through what we see, what we hear, what we smell, what we taste, and what we touch. Y'all with me? So our body also houses our soul and our spirit. In other words, as my uh, pastor says, man, that, that really our body is nothing more than an earth suit, Right? And if we put biblical language in, in other words, when you're reading the New Testament, how's it translated? It's typically translated, yes, as body, but it's also translated as the outer man or this common thing that we all know called the flesh. Has anybody ever got into the flesh? Come on now. Next we have this. We have our soul. This is the part of us that's really unique, and truthfully, it's what makes us so unique and different from everybody here. And the reason is, is because this is where our personality is seated inside of us. This is where our personality is found. And we could also say this, that our soul is what contains our intellect, our mind, our will, and our emotions. Or we could say it this way, that this is the part of us that thinks, that desires, and feels. Has anybody ever had their emotions get the best of them? Come on, church. I know y'all. Come on. Y'all like, "Mm." don't be lined up in church today. How many of you guys have ever had your emotions get the best of you? Okay, if you haven't, get married and have some kids. All right, here we go. All right, and last but not least, listen, uh, we are spirits. The spirit of, basically the spirit of a man is this. It's his life source. It's the life source of our being, meaning when the spirit of a man leaves a person's body, a person's house, a person's earth suit, uh, their body ceases to have life. In other words, if the spirit leaves, the house collapses. Like yesterday, uh, basically I officiated a funeral in here, a wonderful man, right, who was always smiling, uh, just one of the kindest men that I would say that I've met so far in Maine, really great guy. And, uh, but, but, you know, two weeks ago he said to his family, look, I'm tired, I'm done. He said, I'm right with God, I'm ready to go home on his terms, I love it, right? And so he went home, and uh, he went home to be with the Lord. But what happened was, is guess what, his body was laying right here in the casket yesterday, Right, But guess what was gone? His spirit, his life source was gone. Therefore, the body the, the literally collapsed. It was just there. Am I making sense, you guys? 
All right, so listen, the Bible often translates our spirit as this, as the inner man, and then probably my favorite way, as the hidden man of the heart. I love that, the hidden man of the heart. Now, let me pause here for a moment, um, because if, if we dive off into college or university, right, and we go take a class called psychology, people will argue and they'll say, no, 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 we're not a three-part being, we're a two-part being. Our soul and our spirit are actually a one. And, and I want to say something today. While, they are, while those two parts are definitely the parts of us that are eternal, right? Um, guess what? Uh, the Bible makes it really clear that those two, the soul and the spirit, are two distinct and separate parts of our being. How do we know that? Once again, we've got to go to the Word. Because if it doesn't back it up with the Word, let's go home, right? The Bible says in Hebrews 4.12, it says, For the Word of God is living and active. Right? Sharper than a two-edged sword, piercing to the division. Do y'all hear that word? The division of soul and spirit. So the simple truth is, is if they were one, then how in the world can they be divided? It couldn't be, right? So listen, as we move forward, not just today, but in weeks ahead, you'll begin to understand why and how uh, they're not the same thing, okay? And you'll begin to understand the parts of you, have how you live your life are coming out of your soul, and the parts of you that are actually coming out of your spirit. If you're with me, so yeah. Oh, yeah. Basically, those three parts of mine, let's back all the way up to the creation of Adam, and I want to I kind of walk the dog and kind of show you what happened with us, okay? So in Genesis 2, it says this, 2 verse 7. It says, Then the Lord God formed, that is, created the body of man from the dust of the ground. Just as we taught the other night in Cultivate, you know, the scientists have basically proven that uh, basically the substance of a person's flesh, muscles, and bones, uh, it all consists of the same elements of the soil of the ground. All I'm going to say is this, is I think it's quite comical when science catches up with the Bible. Some of you will get that later. Then the Lord God formed, that is, created the body of man from the dust of the ground. Watch this. And he breathed into his nostrils. What did he breathe? The breath or the spirit of life. And man became a living being, an individual complete in body and spirit. In other words, this. God created Adam's body from the dust of the ground. Then God breathed his spirit of life inside of Adam, and instantly he became a living soul. That's why the Bible says this in Job 33, verse 4. It says, the spirit of God has made me, and the breath of the Almighty gives me life. Amen. Watch this. Let's walk the dog here, okay? If we continue to read the Bible beyond Genesis 2-7, and this is key to understanding life in the spirit... We find that God planted a garden called Eden, and he placed man there to tend it, right? And once Adam was in the garden, we see that God gave him these guidelines, these rules, if you will, right? Like we talked about last week, these rules of freedom that were built around this whole uh, tree, this tree of knowledge of good and evil. And then we see God declare that it wasn't good for man to be alone. And all the men said, amen, right? So, man, listen. Fellas have not got with that all day. And I'm just going to say, the couch is lonely, fellas. When you have an opportunity that God said that it wasn't good for you to be alone, that's the time that you look at your bride beside you and you give a hefty amen, right? 
Like, come on, fellas. Like, be thankful. The Bible says he who finds a wife finds a good thing. Man, yeah, let's get a hold of that, all right? So basically, God declared it wasn't good for man to be alone, so he created Eve to be Adam's helpmate. Now watch this. At this point in the Bible narrative, we see Adam and Eve whose spirits were alive to God, right? They were actively engaged with God. They were having unhindered fellowship, unhindered connection with their creator. But watch this. As we move on forward into Genesis 3, we all know the story. We discover that when Adam and Eve disobeyed and fell into sin in the garden by uh, partaking of the forbidden fruit, Watch this. This is huge. Their spirits, not their body, not their souls, but their spirits died and they became slaves or in bondage to sin. Now, let's be clear here, okay? Uh, This doesn't mean that they lost their spirits and by doing so they became a two-part being. Not what it's talking about. This is the best way I can describe it. I'm going to slap at a bush here and say it every way I know how, okay? What they lost was this, is they lost their connection with God They were spiritually separated. The spirit light, if you will, that was inside of them went out. They were spiritually dead. The life of God was no longer in them. Okay? Their batteries died. Okay? Which meant this. Because of this spiritual death, this is huge. And and listen to me. Pay attention of how you interact with people. Watch this. Because the spiritual death, the only way that they can now relate to each other Okay, even that bride, how they could relate to the world around them and even with God from that moment forward was solely through their soul and through their body. You see, because uh, they had lost their spiritual connection with God, that means that they had lost the one who was their source of life, the one who was their source of wisdom, their source of discernment, their source of guidance. They lost their light, right? And so what that meant is that now they would have to be forced to fumble their way through life. And not just in just life, but fumble their way through spiritual darkness that surrounded them. Now, how did they do this? How did they make their way through that spiritual darkness? Watch this. By what they thought, by what they felt, and what they desired. And if I could put another wording on it, they made their way through life through the inconsistencies of the soul. Have you ever noticed that your emotions are not consistent? Yes. And that's just not with ladies. It's with men too. Amen. 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 Notice how the women got with that one. Yes, sir. Yes, sir, preacher. You tell them. Mm-hmm. Watch this. And because, and because they lost in that moment the presence of God, Guess what? They were now trying to fill this gaping hole inside of them by satisfying the lust and the desires of their flesh, right? Of course, their lust and their desires of the flesh, right, were based off of what we could, what, see, what they could see, hear, smell, touch, and taste. It was the cravings of the body. Are y'all hearing me? So now, unfortunately for us, watch this, because Adam was, as we talked about in the Covenant series months ago, because Adam was the representative of all the mankind, according to Romans 5, right? We were all born by no choice of our own into the same spiritual death, the same spiritual bondage, because we too were born with a lack of connection with God. Which means in the same way as Adam, like a chip off the old block, right? We too were spiritually blind, deaf, and dumb. And we began to try to live our lives, right? right? Even, watch this, even as children, right? From our soul and from our body. 
Do you get that? So, so let, me, let me help you out. If you can maybe stop and think for a moment of how much your soul, your mind, your will, your emotions, right? Your thoughts, your feelings, and your desires, right? And your body, your flesh, right? Your cravings. Just think about for a moment how much those things dominated your life before you knew Jesus. Like, can I shoot straight with y'all? Can we get grown for a minute? Like, how many of us slept with someone and we knew it was wrong, but yet inside of us, man, there was just a craving that we were trying to fill? Yeah? Yeah, li- listen, like, like talking about dominant, how many times do we hit an emotional spot in life and the first thing we do is we run to a cabinet or a refrigerator? That's how I deal with stress. I got to eat, I got to eat. Am I making sense to you guys? How many times have we just needed some kind of craving fix so we go look at something on the internet we shouldn't look at? Am I I making sense? How many times does somebody say something to us? How many times does somebody pull in front of us in traffic and we lose our freaking minds? Am I making sense to you guys? It's like, man, these things, and there's more and more and more. But we're talking about, man, every wound that you have, every hurt that you have, every offense that you have, man, it's there. Why do you act the way you act? It is there, right? It is in the soul. And guess what? When your soul's in charge, your body's going to respond. Am I making sense to you? So, so, but why do we do that? It's because, once again, we are operating, and they were operating, out of the spiritual death, out of the sin nature, and in spiritual darkness. Let me help someone else out. Why do I live in fear? Right there. Why do I live in insecurities? Right there. Am I making sense to y'all? Yes? No? So listen how Paul put it right here in Ephesians 2. Key thing I want you to see is what was dominating you. Ephesians 2, 1 through 3 says this. As for you, I've said two times already today, I love the word you there. And the reason is, is, watch this. We live in a society that wants to blame everybody else. Right? It's because my dad, it's because of this, it's because when I was sick, somebody touched me. Am I, getting, am I getting straight? When I was five, somebody beat me. When, when I was 15, somebody dumped me. When I was 20, 25, whatever, somebody divorced me. Like, get over it. Right? Like, there's healing for that. Please quit using that. Some of us have been walking with Jesus for way too long to keep using those excuses. Right? I got them too. Yes? I got them too. Man, go, go live my childhood. It wasn't fun. Are you with me? But I can't use it as an excuse. Amen? So listen, there's this part, what I love about this, he says, as for you. In other words, man, he swaps personal responsibility from Adam and from everybody else, and he puts it in our lap. Amen? Don't get scared of me. Let's go. Come on. He says, as for you, you were spiritually dead in your trespasses. So it's you. Transgressions and sins. What does that mean? Sins means you missed the mark. Transgression means you knew the mark and you chose intentionally to aim another way. Okay? You purposefully did it. And it says, in which you used to live when you followed the ways of the world and of the rulers of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. Some of the devil. The devil's doing his thing. Verse 3, key part. How the devil operate with us. All of us also lived among them at one time gratifying the cravings of our sinful nature and following its desires and thoughts. 
Go get that. Gratifying the cravings of our sinful nature and following its desires, flesh, and thoughts, soul. And that, my friend, if we're being honest, we pull back. Not only are we, do we look back at our life and go, man, I'm so ashamed of the fact that I used to do that. But it's also why we were so empty and so dissatisfied. Right? And the reason is because we were never created or designed by God to live from the soul and the body. Like, listen to me. I remember back in the day, and I won't say things because my kids are here. But I remember when I used to do things because I didn't grow up in a godly home. But when I used to go do things that we kind of had permission and were kind of encouraged to go do. When I used to do those things, I cannot tell you how many times I left those moments and I did stuff that I went, man, I am so empty. That did not feel a thing inside of me. Man, I'm so dissatisfied. I'm so disappointed. And if we can understand today, man, here I am, 42 years old. I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm so ashamed that I did those things. Why? Because it was sin. But what was I doing? I was letting my body... And I was letting my soul lead me in those areas. Are y'all hearing me today? Where were we at? <laughs> Here we go. So we weren't created and designed by God to live from our soul to body. Rather, we were created to live a life from our spirit. Why? Write down this verse. Because according to John chapter 4, verse 24, John 4, 24, it says, God is spirit. Listen, and if God is spirit and we were created in his image, then that means we were created to be dominated, to be led by our spirit man. In fact, the Bible even says this, that those who are the mature sons of God are led by the spirit of God. Amen? All right. Are y'all with me? Hopefully y'all don't feel like I'm getting on you. Just passionate about what I, man, I just, I believe this stuff, right? So, so listen, um. While there's no doubt it was unfortunate that we were born by the seed of Adam. Pretty unfortunate, eh? Watch this. It was fortunate for us that God loved us so much that he sent Jesus. Man, that's good news, right? That, that, so what I want to do for the next moment, we'll land this thing, is I want, to, I want us to look at what happened inside of us when we actually made Jesus our Lord and Savior. Okay? There's a key word here. You go look it up. But theologically, for you guys that are real theological, the word is regeneration. All right? So let's continue here. So we talked about Ephesians 2, how we were basically leading by the cravings of our flesh. We end in verse 3. Let's pick it back up in verse 4. It says, but God is so rich in mercy, and he loved us so much. Can I get a good amen right there? Amen. Man, that God is so rich in mercy. It says in verse 5, that even though we were spiritually dead because of our sins, I don't need to go back into that, he gave us spiritual life. I'm giving you the wording of what it really means in the Greek. So I'm kind of adding the word spiritual. He gave us spiritual life when he raised Christ from the dead. It is only by God's grace that you have been saved. So what's Paul saying? This is so key. He's saying the same part, theologically this key, the same part of us that actually died, our spirit, when sin entered into this world, is the same part. Part of us, our spirit, that received the life of God the moment that we put our trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, called salvation. So what he's saying is, is what was dead in the old Adam has been brought back to life in the last Adam, which is Jesus. All right, listen, you call me crazy, but listen, there's mysteries in the Bible. If you can, if you can sit back and if you can explain to me heaven, man, I'll give you a quarter. Okay, if you can tell me how we're born again, really, like what God really does, I'll give you 50 cents. 
right? Because it's a mystery, right? Like, like we know what happened. We know the change, but we have a hard time putting in words, right? So let me show you this, though. I just think this kind of stuff happened. I believe that in many ways the life-giving salvation moment that happened for you and I, the ones in here that have asked Jesus to be the Lord and Savior of our lives, was very similar to what happened with the disciples uh, in John chapter 20, verse 19 and 22. Watch this. This is after Jesus rose from the dead. It says, that Sunday evening, the disciples were meeting behind locked doors because they were scared out of their minds of the Jewish leaders. Suddenly, Jesus was standing there among them. Peace be with you, he said. As he spoke, he showed them the wounds in his hands and in his side. They were filled with joy when they saw the Lord. And he said, watch this, peace be with you. And as the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. Then he, like with Adam in the garden, breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. Can I give you some other words for that? That he walked through the wall, right? And he breathed on them and he said, receive, receive, right? He breathed on them and said, receive the spirit of life. Here's the way I would word it in modern day terms. That their spirit man received the Holy Spirit resuscitation. But it wasn't a resuscitation that brought them back to life and now they're going to die later. No, it was a resuscitation that was eternal. It was a resurrection. That's why the Bible says when he raised Christ from the dead, he raised us also. Amen. Amen. I'm giving you a good Bible today, if you know it or not. So listen, before we move forward, let me give you one more, because it's key if we're going to understand this. I, I, hopefully it'll help you have a greater understanding of what he did for us, okay? This is actually found, it's a very familiar passage in John chapter 3. It says this. It says, there was a man named Nicodemus, a Jewish religious leader who was a Pharisee. It says, after a dark one evening, he came to speak with Jesus. Rabbi or teacher, he said, we all know that God has sent you to teach us. Your miraculous signs are evidence that God is with you. Jesus replied, I tell you the truth, unless you are born again. Let me add, you see there the Amplified Bible says, unless you are reborn. In other words, you were born in creation, went to sin, but watch what happened, right? You are reborn from above. Spiritually transformed, you are renewed and sanctified or set apart. Then it says, you cannot see the kingdom of God. Get that? Unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. Y'all listen to me. I don't care how good you are, your good works will never get you there. You must be born of the Spirit. You must be born above, right? And then it says this. It says, what do you mean, exclaimed Nicodemus, how can an old man, he was talking about himself, how can an old man go back into his mother's womb and be born again? Jesus replied, I assure you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and the spirit. In other words, homie, let me clarify this for you. He says, humans can reproduce only human life. That's what he meant by being born of water. But the Holy Spirit gives birth to what? Spiritual life. He says, so don't be surprised when I say you must be born again. Then he says, it's a credible thing. The wind blows wherever it wants, just as you can hear the wind, but can't tell where it comes from or where it is going. So you can't explain the mystery of how people are born of the Spirit. Can I just say this? All I know for myself, when I was sitting in one of these seats one day and I heard a guy preaching the gospel, and I was sitting there, and I was living by my soul and by my flesh, and, man, I was ate up. 
I, I'm not who I was, who I am today. And I was sitting there, and man, when that guy preached, I felt convicted with everything that was in me. And all I know is from this point to Jesus save me, to that point, I was a different fellow. Do I understand the mystery of what happened from here to there? I don't have a clue. I, I'd like to win. I couldn't tell you where it came from. Can't tell you how it worked, but man, I felt it. I walked up there with a dump truck on my back of shame and guilt, and I walked that way as a free man. Yeah. I'm making sense to y'all. And I didn't look back. Yeah. Am I making sense to y'all? So, so listen, I can't explain it, but here's the best I can tell you, all right, is this. Here's the main takeaway, if I can put it plainly. The part of us, our spirit man, that was completely dead and void of the life of God, totally disconnected from our Father, the moment we said yes to Jesus, right? We were not only, please hear me, we were not only forgiven of our sins and on our way to heaven. I'm going to pause there for a moment. I am, I am huh, so disheartened that the church stops there. That they're like, my sins are forgiven, I'm on with heaven, and that's good enough for them. And then they live in their mess. Like, we are so unhealthy. I'm not saying we, we corporate, big church, right? Universe Church are so unhealthy because we've settled for being just forgiven of our sins and on our way to heaven, and we act like it stops there. I'm trying to tell you, if you want to walk in the fullness of God, keep studying, keep digging, because there's more to what happened to you than just forgiveness of sins. If your salvation stopped there, man, I feel sorry for you. Okay? So, so listen. Yes, we were forgiven of our sins. Yes, we're on our way to heaven. But the real us, our spirit, I am a spirit, I have a soul, and I live in a body, right? That part of me was actually spiritually transformed on the inside of me and you. Okay? Listen, by supernatural transformation, I mean this. Once we were born again, born of the Spirit, God breathed his life on us. Our spirit man became just as it says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. It says we are brand new. Watch this. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ... He is a new creation. Get that. Not something, something that's never been. He's a new creation. Old things have passed away. What's the old things? The sin nature, right? The, basically that we were slaves to the law. All that stuff is gone. Behold, all things have become new. What part of you became new? Y'all listen. Nothing, listen. Okay. I, I used to love playing basketball. How many of you guys know when you're 5'9", almost 5'9", let's not lie in church, when you're almost 5'9", that, that, that listen, uh, basketball may not be in your future, okay? So, so you know, I, I am vertically challenged, okay? I should have picked my parents better, okay? So, so I just think this, man, when I got saved, okay, I didn't become, when I became a new creation, I didn't become a 6'5 black man that had a, you know, a 40-inch vertical leap. The body did not change, as much as I wish it would have. Okay? Guess what? My emotions didn't really change either. I still had the same wounds, same pain, same hurt, same past, same baggage. But guess what did change? The spirit man. That's the part of me that became new. Are you hearing me today? So it's like this, that in our spirits, okay? In our spirits, when we become new, we are actually made perfect before the Father. Y'all hear me? I don't live in condemnation. Perfect there. Listen, it was as if I never sinned. 
Because it is literally, my spirit is made in the likeness of God. Right? So I am now one. I am now united with Christ in the spirit. That's why I'm seated in heavenly places. And that's why I can come before the throne boldly. It's not because I got something in my soul or my body to get me there. You'll grab a hold of that later. Look. It meant that there was no longer a disconnect, that there was no longer a separation. The light was turned on. All systems were a go, right? That the Holy Spirit literally uh, breathed up, not only just upon me, but through me and in me, right? And he gave me complete access, once again, to the presence of God. Where I can actually hear the voice of God, and I became spiritually alive in God. I woke up. That's why, listen, that's why the things that I used to do, I didn't want to do anymore. Now, because I was alive in the spirit, and now me and that didn't jive anymore. Am I making sense? Because I got the nature of Christ inside of me. So, listen, this morning I asked, I asked the Lord, I said, Lord, um, how can I describe this? We're almost done, so you just bear with me, okay? We're literally almost done. So I said, Lord, what's the best way I can describe this to people, right? Like, because we typically work best off analogies and illustrations and all that. And, and I actually thought about these guys, okay? And so, so people for their birthday and for Christmas, because Jen and I don't buy this stuff, okay? Because we like a quiet home. Okay, this is key. No, that's truth. Okay, so listen, at least, this guy at least likes a quiet home, all right? But, but people have bought them like remote-controlled cars, and, you know, that, that have lights and make noises and they're fast and they bang into everything and they do all this, right? And so what happens is, if you can see it like this, in other words, uh, they open this package and they got this remote control car and it's got batteries in it. And, and they put it on the ground and they start driving around. We got hardwood floors in our house and it's beeping and it's making noises, it's banging, it's doing all of its thing. It's, it's alive, Okay. But there comes a day, thank the Lord Jesus, where those batteries die. (laughs) The noises go away. The sound goes away. The thing no longer is slamming into my leg, right, as I'm walking through. It's not hitting the furniture. It's it's like it's dead. (laughs) Right? And so what happens is, is, you know, not so much with the two that are here, but the two that are downstairs, they may still take those things and occasionally... (laughs) You know, they'll make their noises and they'll go around the house and they'll bang it into another car, bang it into stuff. But, but how many of you guys know that the luster of it is gone? Like, it's not that cool and that fun anymore because now I'm doing the work. Am I making sense? And not just this. Okay? And, and so what happens, though, is, is, is mom, you know, feels bad. So she goes down to Walmart, or as we say down the south, the Walmarts. And... Uh, and she, so she goes down, and she gets batteries, and she comes home, and she puts it in it, and it's back to life. Now there's the lights, there's the sounds, and now we're back at it. That's what happened. We were created to have all of that, all the noise, all the sound, life. And when Adam sinned, the batteries died. And even though we could still somewhat roll and kind of function, it wasn't the same. The luster, the life was gone. It wasn't that great. It wasn't that cool. It wasn't what we were designed for, created for. But when we got uh, saved, man, the Holy Ghost breathed some new AA batteries in us. And, man, we came back to life and we began to function the way God wants us to function. Am I making sense? But the problem that some of us got to grab a hold of is that's the way we were meant to live. So quit going back to dead batteries. 
Quit, listen to me. Every time life goes hard, don't go yank the batteries out. Because that's the way we've been doing things. Yes. Yeah, somebody says something, snatch him out. I go back to the dead life. Man, there's life inside of me from heaven. From heaven. From God. For every situation, if I'll let it be. Listen to me. Do I struggle with that? Yes, just like you. Just, I got emotions. I got this flesh. Right? Just because I'm saved don't mean it's all dead. Right? Right. So, so listen, it just means this. Here's what I'm trying to say. When God put those batteries in us, it meant this. Grab a hold of this and we'll land it. It means this, that we no longer have to relate to each other. Get that. We no longer have to relate to each other, to the world around us, and more importantly, to God himself through the instability and the inconsistencies of our soul. Let me say two things here really quick. Um, just think about how often you operate with your spouse or with your friends or with the world around you, whatever, throw, the, throw in the relationship through the inconsistencies of your soul. And that's why your relationship is so unhealthy. Yes, 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 okay? If you don't believe it, I'll tell you it's true, okay? So listen, even with that, if I can add one more thing, how often have we said this, man, I don't feel saved, I remember my first year of Bible school, I think second semester, I prayed every day for about two months that I would get saved. <laughs> and it typically happened every morning when I was taking a shower. I got born again, 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 because I didn't feel it. It didn't help that I went to sleep at 2 o'clock in the morning, right? And so the, my point is this, man, our salvation isn't based off our feelings. My Bible tells me, and I've had to learn this. The Bible says that my spirit bears witness with his spirit. What part of my, my recreated, born-again spirit, right? Right? That literally bears witness with his spirit that I am a child of God. Amen? So let me just say this. Um, this also means we no longer have to find our meaning and our fulfillment in this life through the flesh. Listen to me. Listen to me. I don't care how good the high is. I don't, hear, I don't care how good the sex is. You cannot find meaning of life in it. Are you hearing me? I don't care how drunk you get, okay? You cannot find the meaning of life in it. Am I being too straightforward with you today? Listen, I just think this, man. Quit trying to fumble your way through darkness. You, you were made for the light. Be a child of the light. Amen? Walk in the Spirit. So, so let me land with this. I realize that many of you are sitting here thinking today probably, okay, if that happened to my spirit, then tell me why I'm struggling with all these things. Like, why am I still struggling with that? Um, you, you know, listen, can't go in there today. We'll talk about it next week, all right? So if you just hang tight with me, be patient, we'll get there. Fair enough? Can we stand to our feet, please? I just want to pray for you today. Yep. So, Father, I thank you for every person that's here today. Jesus, you've been so good to us. And Lord, I just simply ask today that we as your people would quit allowing our souls and our bodies to dominate and rule us. But God, that we would begin to live according to the Spirit. Because Lord, you've given us the Spirit. So Lord, let us live by the Spirit. So Lord, whatever is out of line within us, Father, I just pray that you would highlight it. And Lord, that you would begin to give us uh, revelation. God, of what you've done for us. Uh, yeah. 
So Holy Spirit, you're the only one that can turn the light on. I just simply ask that you would do it. I even ask that throughout this week, God, that you would begin to just let people land on portions of the scripture. Let verses come in their heart and their mind, Lord, that would reinforce, God, the life that you've called them to. And Lord, I pray, God, that we as a church would begin to grow up. We begin to mature. We begin to walk into things that you've promised us. And lastly, Father, I just simply ask if there's anybody here today that does not know you, that they've never had that moment where you breathe fresh life into them. Father, I pray, God, in their heart today that they would have the courage to simply say, Jesus, save me. Jesus, save me. In fact, church, can we just pray today? If there's anybody here today, I would just encourage you to hop on board with us here. If you say, man, I need Jesus today, as we pray, just join us and let God do what he does best, supernatural in your heart. Come on, church, can you pray with me? Say, Father God, I come before you today. God, I open up my heart wide to you today. I thank you that you were rich in mercy that you've had unconditional love for me, that you've pursued me. Come on, church, that you've pursued me even when I didn't pursue you because you loved me. So today, I give you my heart. I give you my life. I ask you to save me. I ask you to fill me with your spirit today. Breathe life on me today, God. I repent of my sins. I repent of my old ways. I give you my life. Come on, say this with me. Say, Jesus, I believe that you are the Son of God, that you did die for me. I believe that you rose from the dead so that I could have this spiritual life. So today I receive all that you have. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Father, I bless your people to simply walk in the fullness that you've provided for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless y'all. Thank y'all for coming today. Thank you for joining us today. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram for encouragement in your walk with God and to receive updates on events happening at The Anchor. Have a great week and God bless. God bless.